Hey guys, this first episode is brought to you by Gun Street Wiring Shop. Um, they are super cool guys, and one of the things they talk about is how they want to be involved in like the gear community, and the way that they do that is by providing uh, options. They provide basic options, but they're also like super all about working with people. So basically, um, I sent them for my Telecaster. I said, this is what my pickup configuration is. What are some options I should consider? And they sent me a list, and we went back and forth. And they're going to send me a couple of those options to try out. So super looking forward to that. Um, By a couple, you mean t- like two different, like two different, like wiring harnesses, wiring harnesses. Um, and then I'm and gonna, you're just going to like swap them back and forth and figure out which one you like. Yeah, yeah. And the other one, uh, I'll do something else with it. I guess we'll see. <laughs> You'll use it as a as a centerpiece. On I'll your buy dining another. Room table. I'll buy another Telecaster with the exact same pickup <laughs> configuration, so I can put it in that guitar. <laughs> It's not a terrible idea. Get another Telecaster in your life. Yeah. This episode is also brought to you by Solid Gold Effects. Yeah. Maker of the Zeta Deluxe. Uh, go check out our YouTube channel today if you're listening to the day that this episode publishes. And I've got a demo up Yeah. of the Zeta Deluxe. This thing is right up my alley. I was playing around with it for a week or so. And then I, I wrote Solid Gold Effects. Is like, does this pedal... By chance, share any lineage with the DoD 250? Oh yeah, <laughs> and they were like, "Yes, yes, it does." That's <laughs> kind of how the circuit started, and then it kind of you know went from there. But it's just got a ton of options on it. Three different uh, clipping yeah sections. The middle is like wide open. Okay. Then you got silicone and germanium on that Sil- side, S- and then just silicon, and then silicone on the other side. And then you've got a mid switch, boosted, cut, and regular S- sil- silicone and geranium. Yep. And then you've got a uh, a body switch with so it's like a low end control. So you don't you ju- you also have a regular tone control right. here. And then you have like two other ways to control the tone of just the drive section. And then you have a boost section on here mm-hmm. that also has a tone control on it. So there's four different ways to control tone on this thing. And two different ways to control gain if you consider the boost as a gain control when you've got it in the before position. You can also put it in the after position. And like I said, it's like kind of shares lineage with the 250, which means it's just a really rock solid, great sounding overdrive pedal. I've been loving this thing. I use it all the time it on demos like now. It's a real blast. And like, like I say in the demo that I use this in demos all the time now. I really do. Like if I'm like showing off a pedal that needs to have drive before it, this is the thing that I've been grabbing because I can basically like build any drive sound that I need to complement that pedal with all these different EQ controls and gain controls and stuff. It's just really, uh, it looks like a lot, but it's just like, it feels and sounds like a bare bones, simple, like, like just rock and roll pedal, you know? Cool. And does light gain does Heavy gain, great. Very versatile. Super cool pedal. Who else sponsored the show, Steve? Uh, Sinusoid. Of Pro course. Audio Couture. This week, we're talking about solderless cables. Tell me about solderless uh, cables, I Steve. had two solderless cable kits. I lost a screw in one of them. I need to hit them up about that. But that's neither here nor there. Have them mail you that screw. Um, I made a bunch of them. Uh, each kit I got uh, was uh, capable of making six cables. On the second kit... Um, and this is, this is going to sound, maybe this is going to sound weird. I don't know. I would say like on the second kit, I made five out of six cables correctly on the first try. And that sounds like, oh, it's only like an 83% success rate. But fixing that last one really only took 
like an extra two minutes of work. Whereas like if you were soldering oh, yeah. cables and then you find out after the fact that you screwed it up, just like, throw it in the trash. Just, yeah. You might as well. Like you gotta, <laughs> you're like restarting, like it's a bunch of extra work. Right. I made like all six of those cables in I don't know, like less than 20 minutes, um, which first, you know, yeah, you could, if you're like really proficient at soldering, you could do it faster. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. I mean, if you're really proficient, but I'm not. So this is a, a soldering machine. To this is a great Steve's option. Time. Um, I really, uh, I really like them. I did my whole board. I did that demo on how to make them. Yeah, yeah. Did that too a while ago. So they're they're great. They come in a bunch of different colors. I really like them. Steve likes them. You should buy them. <laughs> so go buy them. Steve likes them. I'm assuming we're way over by now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, or watching 60 Cycle yeah. Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. I'm monitoring the whole situation on my phone right there. That's awkward. Yeah. We're a little off-center. I think I can fix it in yeah. post, though. Okay. So what's new, Ryan? <laughs> what, what do you guys think of this angle? Tell us oh. in the comments down below. What's new? Let's check my clipboard. Uh, I painted the Mustang. Oh, yeah. Again. This is the third paint job on the Bullet Mustang. Uh, you can see I went for this kind of like gold sort of look. I have these paint pens. Did that you I get use. that? Did you do that because you love gold? I do love gold, Steve. Okay. What's isn't, going on on the back? Isn't that weird? Hold on, flip that. Uh, over. So I hadn't put any paint on the back of this until this refinish. Oh, so it was, okay. it was dry wood. So that's just the the paint from the paint pen soaking into. The dry wood and leaving a grain there. Gotcha. Where on the top, there's layers and layers and layers of right. paint. You can see there's a pretty serious texture on there now. Yeah. So I I painted it with the gold paint pen. And then I painted these extra shiny stars on there with these like oil-based paint pens. And I'm learning that like that paint doesn't hold up to oh, arm sweat. It rubs off. So it's super smudging right there. So if I was going to do this like... For real, Z, mm -hmm. like lock it in there. I'd have to clear coat this, and who, right. who knows if the clear coat would interact with those oh. uh, oil stars in a weird way. So it's it's been a big experimenting thing for me. It's been fun changing the paint, yeah, on the reg. And I really You're just gonna keep doing it. Like I really like this look. I, I feel like this is like a prototyping experiment for me for right. finishes, where like someday I'll have another guitar and be like you know what I really liked. I really liked that star finish. I'm gonna try to do that, but better. Yeah, what what's really gonna happen is you're gonna like you're gonna have this and you're gonna go to like some paint shop and be like, I need to color match this and like, well, what is this? Like, why don't you just what what was paint was this? They're like, that was a pen. Yeah, this is just a paint pen. This is a pen. No big deal. Like, uh, <laughs> so I don't really have like a color reference. There was no Pantone number. I think it looks cool though. Yeah, what do you it think? Looks good. Would you would you rock that? Uh I don't know, man. The stars are a little over for me. Maybe, but uh, in the video I did for the Zeta, um, I was wearing this guitar and playing this guitar and wearing a ridiculous shirt. Oh, yeah, as I do, but the combination of the two was pretty over the top. I did this paint job because the eyeball thing I had on it before was not churchable 
at all. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't even try. I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to upset anybody. <laughs> and I figured that this would be slightly more churchable. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. But combined with like a crazy Hawaiian shirt or like pattern shirt that I tend to wear, right? It was pretty over the top. I looked like a circus clown <laughs> with this one. <laughs> yeah. Not maybe with this shirt. Those, maybe that's what the stars make me think of. Is it's it is a pretty little, wild with this shirt? It's a too. little like circusy. Like that would be a great guitar. This would be a good look if you were doing like children's church. Mm. You'd be like Rock and Ryan, Rock and Ryan. <laughs> oh, hey gosh. guys, Rock and Ryan's here to lead us in some songs. I'm still loving this guitar though. By the way, cool. That's part of the reason why I painted it again is because I I actually do enjoy playing it live. Mm. And I missed playing it live. It's like, I got to get it so I can play it at church again. Cool. Yeah. What's new with you, Steve? Um, I've amassed a small fortune. Um, and so I'm looking to get some new gear. <laughs> you don't uh, want to tell us any details about that? You just, uh, Steve's well, rich now. It's all of the money. It's all of that, that finally getting that sweet, sweet podcast money rolling in. You've been getting it regular. for a while. You've just been spending it on been paying, car been stuff. paying bills. <laughs> I know like, what that's keeping like. Keeping my car running. Oh, man, I had to throw like $1,200 at a car like two weeks ago. Oh, that hurts. I don't even know. How are you going to spend your new fortune, so, Steve? So things I need um, is I, I think I'm going to get actually another solderless cable kit. Not, not like Because I really like those kits. Okay. So either that or I'm going to get some slivers because I do want to put together like a small... Um, I don't know if I would call it a demo board necessarily, mm-hmm. but like a small board. Sure. Uh, I've been, I've been talking to RJ from Teletalks for a while and he wants me to put together like a four pedal. Cause his whole thing is like, he has this series called keep it, keep it simple, stupid on his YouTube. Uh huh. And I think also on in the Instagram, it's Teletalks. Um, and he, his first two keep it simple, stupid episodes were, um, with Brian and Kyle from the Tone Jerks podcast. Oh, fun. Um, he's also had Jim Bowers on there uh, for one of his videos where it w- that was a more Telecaster-focused episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's been, like, working with all of the Nocturne Brain stuff because Jim just came down and was like, here you, here you go. go. Here you nice. go, guys. Have fun. I think uh, I saw just give that, it back to me. I think I saw that video around. I don't get to watch everyone else's stuff. Yeah. Everyone else's Same. stuff because I'm always doing um, work. So I need to put together a small board. So I need to get some more either solderless cables or something. So I'm trying to figure that out. I need to hit up sinusoid and see like what's another cool color that would be fun. Um, my small board is a like seafoam green kind well, of a thing. You have white and orange. I have white and orange, but my board is like a seafoam. So I'm thinking about. I think they have a seafoam solderless kit. White, orange, and seafoam. That does sound. Well, wild. But like I, this, I think I like that. But color like the sea foam would probably just be for the small board, and like the orange oh, okay. might stay on my other board. I don't know. I think you should um, find them. The up. other things, uh, the other thing I need desperately, I think at this point, is I need a new power supply. Okay. Um. So the what have you been using? I've been using the K line. Oh, okay. uh, CPO five, which is just like the little like it's not isolated, and I think because of how many, um. I don't know. The last time I had everything hooked up, it just seemed a little noisier than usual. I think because of the number of like digital pedals I use mm. at the end, it can get a little a little wonky because I have like four or five in a row, and it's hard to like isolate them. And also, that uh, power supply only has one high um, high current output, 
So it has all the, really, yeah. So I thought I have the same one in mine. Have I've got two of them. It's got a twelve volt and an eighteen volt. Well, no. So um, oh, I so see what I'm you saying. mean. So it has, got, like, the first one in the seven, chain. Yeah, it yeah. has seven one hundred milliamp outputs, which is fine. Right, right. And it, but it only has one five hundred milliamp output. So I'm really leaning towards um, the Strymon, uh, either the Zuma or the Ohi. The nice thing with the Ohi is I could probably afford to get two of them, and then I'd have some added versatility there. The Ohi's the little one? The little one. Yeah, they, but it has that big power brick that you got to store Well, they somewhere. all have it. And right. No matter what, like I've got to put that some, like I've got to, because when I use that board, I'm in the middle of a stage anyway. Mm. So I most of the time I'm running a... Um, uh, extension cord across the stage no matter what um so yeah that does have the like the laptop power supply and i think that is um that may be three prongs so i would have to change out my extension cord situation um but that's kind of what i'm leaning towards i don't know really what other options are out there because everything's kind of overwhelming i know like classically it's always like oh voodoo labs or the true tone cs7 or cs12 but the issue that i have with both of those is they provide options that i have no current use for mm. like 12 volt 18 volt like i don't have any usage for that right i just want like you know what those are really a, good for those those are really good frying for? pedals that don't take that voltage true true <laughs> um so so i think i just want i want something that's like a bunch of nine volts uh, yeah with like a decent with a decent current behind each one isolated someday someone's going to come out with a system where you can like modular build your own power supply, just right. keep dropping in single like little rails that have a yeah. plug. That should be. I mean, I can't think of why that wouldn't be doable. It'd be like a like a fuse box. That's what yeah. they could call it. Call it the fuse box. I just invented a product, guys. You need to find someone to build that. I don't want to do any work. You guys, someone steal it. All right. So anyway, <laughs> if you've got a suggestion for a power supply that I should get, um, check out. I don't know if my current board is on Instagram. I would say check out Instagram to see Put what my current board looks Put it up there on Monday. Like. Yeah, I can. You gonna that. play Sunday? No, I've actually been, I haven't actually been playing guitar at church anymore. Are you playing bass now? We ha- I'm the only. Well, all of our bass players now are multi instrumentalists, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm basically the only basically. basically. <laughs> uh, I I'm the one who is it like because ele- like electric guitar has the most um additional backup players i guess sure so it's easier for me just to be playing bass all the time that's again. like the flip of my church my church has so many bass players oh, really and like i'm the only like consistently available electric guitarist mm. as far as i'm aware I'm, i don't know yeah maybe there's other people yeah, who can't play it and they don't schedule them. i don't know well, um, but i play like three out of four sundays so the other pedal i'm looking at or the other thing i'm looking at is the um it's the nine. I think it's 1981 Innovations is uh-huh. what the company's called, or it's 1981 pedals. The They've D- only got the one pedal, right? Yeah, it's the DRV. I mean, it's, it is, that's the year of my birth. 1981. Ooh, you should know. get one. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll get it on my birthday. So, um, so that's the a pedal I've been looking at. Uh, a few of my friends have been super like they picked them up and have been basically. I haven't seen. I like the look of. I haven't them. seen anyone get it and be like, oh, yeah, it's okay, I guess. Like everyone I know who's gotten one has been really excited about it, so I'm kind of like feeling that hype train. Um, it's a rat style uh, circuit, but it has like a preamp going into it, so it's a little different. Interesting. So it's like a preamp circuit into a rat, 
Um, but I th- think it's still three knob. It's just it's yeah, just yeah. Way it's set up. Um, but I guess it's really tuned. From what I've been reading, it seems like it's a l- tuned a little more to accentuate like the low end of the rat, like not bass wise, but like the low gain settings sure. of a rat. Um, but it's still capable of like if you turn it all the way up, it's still going to get like that nasty, nasty rat sound. Yeah, yeah, like and, on the edge uh, of fuzz sort of thing. Yeah, so. So that's a that's the third thing I'm thinking about. That's going to kind of wipe out most of. If I get all three of those things, it's going to wipe out most of my uh, podcast sponsorship uh, income so far this year. But I've been going back between that because it's like, do I get these three things that I could actually like use on a regular basis, or do I keep saving? Because I always say like, oh, I'm going to like save up. I'm going to get like a thousand dollar guitar or something. Yeah, yeah, and then. It, these other things come up. Like that's how I got the quiet theory prelude. I paid for that with podcast money. Um, you know, I wondered like how that. you got that. Yeah. I can't <laughs> afford that. I also like feel bad because I'm looking, I'm like, I can get these three things and whatever, but like, maybe I should like take my wife out to dinner. That's gear money. <laughs> A Steve. nice dinner. <laughs> it is. It's always, and I've told her like, if you look in PayPal, you're going to see money in there and it's, and that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> you see PayPal as like my personal savings account. <laughs> That's not for you. It's for me. <laughs> That's my money. Yeah. Don't touch it. Yeah. Every time she like, every time oh. she like, you like pays, buys shipping. I'm like, Oh, there goes my money. Mine. <laughs> How dare you use $7 to ship something that you sold and made money with. <laughs> Uh, should we jump into like yeah, we do have housekeeping? That's a long what's new. Well, we'll do. We should save that later? later. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do an ad. We got first. Um, oh, this is the very first thing in the uh, in the Google Drive here. The Googs. Josh Fitzgerald sent this in. Hey, Josh. This is three best guitar pedal, two hundred dollars. In Allentown. Yeah, that's in Pennsylvania. Allen lives there. Mm-hmm. That's his town. Three of the best pedal ever, comma, for a guitarist. The comma is right in between the R and the F, too. It's right there. So should we debate whether or not these are the three best guitar pedals ever for a guitarist? Well, so it's a Boss D3. Uh Which, you know, is debatably a, a very, very good delay pedal. Like, if you said to me, Ryan, you could only use one delay for the rest of your life, and it's going to be a DD3, I'd be like, uh, okay. <laughs> it's a TC Electronic Flashback. Another great delay. And, and Looper. It's a Looper, yeah, too. And an EHX Soul Food. So you got two delays and a and a clonk alone. Yeah. Three of the best pedal ever. Three of the best pedal ever for guitarists. For guitarists. Not for anyone else. <laughs> Do not use this on a keyboard. I mean, there is a lot here. I don't think you can really say that anything is like the best pedal ever. There's definitely some like bad pedals that you would not include but i think i think i think if you had to choose three of the best guitar pedals ever i think it would be a a little i think it'd be controversial to like put two delays in the category yeah yeah and have one be the tc electronic flashback one yeah uh you would yeah if it was one of the best if it was the best ever they would not have come out with the flashback two i know right or maybe they would just so they can make more money I love the flashback. Ooh, two. I want number two. Um, <laughs> you know, some scam. of that. Some of that, and of course, those ha- that has the tone print too. So it's really like a thousand pedals. Yeah, 
depending on which tone print you want. Why do Why do they even include the other two? Yeah, can you can you load distortions onto a tone print? I, don't I know. think you can adjust the gain of the repeats. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you admit that a really fast repeat, you might be able to fake a little bit of like a distortion sound. Right. Right. Uh, okay. That that's hurting my head a little. Um, I think these are three very solid pedals. I think you could argue that like they're de- they're certainly not the worst. Yeah. Yeah. For a while, the Soul Food was definitely like considered by some to be like the best drive pedal under $75. People would not shut up about the soul food for yeah. like a good, like six months, six to 11 months, something like that. It was like, there was the year, definitely not a full year. No, it was not a full year. It, it couldn't be like no pedals ever hit that record before, <laughs> but it, like it almost got there. And we were like, is it going to hit a full year? Are people going to still be talking about this yeah. later? And everyone was like, cool or jets. We've been talking about it enough, but yeah, it like, it was the year of the soul food. Like it yeah. took over for a while. It's all anyone talked about. And it was because before that, like every clone style pedal was big money. Yeah. And then this comes out and it's total like market disruptor. Yeah. And then like ever since the year of the, the, uh, the soul food, I feel like the clone thing has been on the decline. Like. They sold enough of those that people scratched their itch and weren't curious about them anymore. And like, I think some people like compared. I think for, for certain brands, I like, think everyone who wanted so, a, a clonk alone had one, got one. Well, I think by the time yeah, this came, I, came I, out, so you know? I think the the clonk alones that have done okay since then have. Been, by the way, when we say clonk alone, we're stealing that from the Gearsome podcast. It means clon clones. Yeah. Just so, um, you know, people who don't listen, most people in the world who don't listen to their podcast know what we're talking about. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so anyway. Um, hey, guys. I love you. Uh, yeah, I think I think the, the Klon style pedals that are still, like, people are still interested tend to be things like the Matthews Effects Ar- Architect, mm-hmm, where you have mm-hmm. more options going on. Um Otherwise, like, or like the KTR or well, the K- like the, the KTR, but like, yeah, you have the K- the KTR, the Archer, and the Archer Icon. Yeah, um, you have things that are like older, like um, the is it the P- PCE uh, Aluminum Falcon? There's a bunch of options out like, there. There, now. there are a lot of well, and a lot of those options existed before the Soul Food. Yeah, actually, all of them did. Oh yeah, yeah. But the Soul Food really like everyone who was like curious got to scratch that itch. Hmm. Um. Even if you were only like a little bit, like you were like, oh yeah. If you I were guess only a little itchy, yeah. you could scratch it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for like what were they like fifty five bucks for a while or something like that? Uh, Maybe sixty. I think they were like sixty. I like I said under seventy five. I know they were like between like sixty and seventy. I think it was disposable. I don't know. It was they were on what because EHX all their they always put their pedals out at these weird price points like sixty seven dollars and eighty. It was cents. cheap enough that you could buy one. Have it sent to JHS, get their mod, and you would still be spending less than buying like someone else's clone. Right. You know? Right. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Um And I got to try one of the ones with the with the mod on there. And I gotta say, I I thought that the stock setting was my favorite still. Right. So it's like you can get it and it still sounds really good. Right. <laughs> um yeah, the rest of these, I mean the DD three is a classic delay. Is it the is it the best? It's a rock solid digital delay. There's no tap tempo. I mean, I would say it's the best 
readily available non-tap tempo boss delay. I had a fight with Josh Scott on one of his YouTube videos about the DD2 or the DD3 being the best. Right. The DD3 is the best, Josh. I'm sorry. The DD2 is too like sterile and sharp and clear sounding. I've never sounding. listened to a DD2. The, the DD3, uh, the correct version of it anyways, um, there's like a bleed off on the fidelity of the uh, the repeats. It's like a hybrid between a digital right. and an analog where the repeats do get a little bit softer as they go. And for me, that makes it far superior to the DD2. All right, here's That's just my take on it. Here's the real bones of this. But who am I? I'm... No pedal builders. So. Two hundred dollars is this flippable? Uh, I this this is the debate. A DD three, I would. What do they go for right now? Somewhere between eighty five and one fifteen. I would guess like seventy five to ninety. You've got really you've know. got the internet phone right now. I <laughs> do. That's what I'm working on. Oh, we've got too many devices running in here right now. We've got too many devices that. We can't actually access. I don't imagine that the flashback one fetches a bunch on the market right now. Now that there's a, the, a flashback, the two. cheapest DD three on Reverb is sixty five dollars. It looks like okay. Here's one that's seventy five plus. 15. What's shipping on the sixty five dollar one? Um, free shipping. Free shipping. There's another one that's sixty five plus eleven dollars shipping, and that's okay. a DD three vintage pink label. What? I don't know what that means. It means it's made in Japan. Um, yeah, 65 bucks. DD3s are killer for 65 So I, I think the soul food is probably 50, 60. So if we went high end. and If I was being used, I'd want to get that soul food for 50. Okay. I, I would say like. Um, what, the, what about the I'm saying like one? if we just were to go like middle of the road pricing. So say like 75 for the DD3, 64 the soul food. That puts you at 135. The flashback that looks like um, the cheapest one is $90 with free shipping. For one? For the flashback one. Looks like they're all sitting right around $100, dollars to $100. That's surprising. So you could make like a small flip on this. Possibly. This is one of those things where you see one thing in, in the collection. You're like, I want that. I'm willing to flip the others. And you it almost kind of like evens it out. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, it's like I got the pedal that I wanted for half price and I had to flip two others. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's how you'd have to approach it. Yeah. But then if the pedal that you wanted, ah. Cause if you pay it's like say you pay two hundred. Yeah. So if you pay two hundred and like you sold the DD three and the soul food, then it's like you paid sixty five dollars for the flashback. Right. So Which is decent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's like maybe a little more than half, but it's okay. Yeah, that's all right. It's probably too much work it's for okay. not the biggest. Payout. It is a bit of work for thirty something bucks or whatever. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, should we jump into the topic? Yeah. Did you uh, screen grab this topic? Um, that's a good question. Let's see if I can access it on this phone that is monitoring the GoPro right now. I mean, I can I can find it real quick. It's just gonna. Well, it's from Alex BK Breton slash Kant or dash Kant. I think it's Kant. Kant. I don't know. K-A-N-T. That's how Emmanuel Kant spelled his name. And he asked, worst live sound you've ever heard. Figured we could. Oh, pad, wow. We could pad this out and uh, 
and discuss best live yeah. sound we've ever heard. Michael too. Freer threw some shade on that one and said smashing pumpkins at Dodger Stadium, which actually kind of I'm, doesn't surprise me. Um, I can see how they would be a worst sound band potentially. I mean, all those '90s acts where it's like super high gain. You never know how it's going to turn out live sound wise. You Just know, did a weird thing. What weird thing did you do? I wiped my glass off on my pant leg, so now you can see the water. Everyone's going to just see that water in the video and just be distracted by it the whole time. See, my hand they're definitely not going to be distracted by my bare legs oh my and gosh. shorts. Um, <laughs> so you have? do you have one ready for worst? I got a couple for worst. You lay on the worst for me. All right, so the first worst one I got is we played with this band back in the YFB days called the chemistry uh-huh. at the upper chapel at is, are these the guys that had Christian like the full house? stacks or whatever? So we're playing this little chapel. It's like what, maybe a, a hundred seater, maybe um, wood pews like this and that and whatever. And they roll in with like Bogner half like stacks tour bus or something crazy. Yeah. They were on tour. Like they were on tour. They were actually like the next month they were supposed to be on tour with, I think Anne Berlin, who wasn't at the peak of their? We're not talking success. peak Amberlin here. We're talking, but they were like, on their way up. Like they were definitely playing like bigger places. Yeah. Um. So they came in with like Bogner half stacks for the guitars, and like Ampeg fridges for the bass, and it was just like, and they just had everything. Like it was like the I think it was like the Bogner Ubershaw or the Shiva or whatever. So it's like these hundred watt. And I don't know if they had them like turned up or what, but all I know is I left. Did they even mic drums at that place? I don't remember. It was so small. I mean, that I mean, definitely was... not the smallest place we've ever played. No, no, there was, was a lot of room in there. It's not like we filled yeah, it, but it was a little venue. But it was definitely on the smaller side. Yeah, we've definitely played way smaller places. Oh yeah, uh, super small. We played hallways. Shoot, <laughs> basically played like bathroom stalls <laughs> the size of places that we play oh yeah okay. i think i've seen handicapped bathroom stalls so that was the thing is like, some of the stages that we've is, been on that was one of those bands where like i guess like their tone wasn't it's not like their sound right. was bad it was the amount of power that they thought they needed was just completely inappropriate and i think that's like the quickest and easiest way to ruin a live sound like is by having parts of the band be just overbearingly loud yeah they sounded great from the merch table that was outside of the venue right right so um the other one i have um i forget what the name of the band was um but they played at the park gallery Mm -hmm. were you running sound i was running sound (laughs) so whose fault was it steve theirs (laughs) because the dude had a line six spider half stack uh-huh. With like on the B's setting, like the I don't know if he was using the insane channel, but that's like the default, like, oh, that must be the insane channel. Right. But it was like a pure mid-scooped thing. And nonstop, like all throughout the set, he kept being like, I can't hear myself. I can't hear myself. Put more of me in the monitors. I'm like, dude, like I like you're maxed out. Like I can't do the anything. Monitors. He kept like turning up his amp and like it, but the thing is it wasn't getting any louder because it was just like Flipping. so buzzy. Right. That it just like you, as soon as the full band, like it was basically sitting in the same frequency range as like the crash symbol. 
So it was like I and I kind of was like, if you're if you're in a band situation and you're turning up and turning up and nothing's changing, stop turning up because something else is wrong. Well, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, and I don't know, like as a sound person, like these guys come in with like. I don't want to call that like nice gear, but it's like they they were actually like semi known. I mean, everything compared to the PA rig that we had in the park gallery was nice gear, (laughs) right? But we knew how to work with the little bit that we had. To I thought we a lot of times had really good sound. Yeah, no, we did. I don't actually think. Yes, no, we did. (laughs) Um, I I I I, (laughs) sorry. I, I. Sideline I'm not even sure if I mic'd that guy's rig because it was just, you know, it was a giant 400 watt oh, yeah. amp into a 4x12. We never mic'd amps in there. Um, the, the mics were for the vocals and for... Yeah, so maybe I wasn't, rare, maybe rare I wasn't putting guitar in the, mo- uh, in the monitors. But it was one of those things where, um, you know, especially in like a DIY venue, like, I don't know what kind of sound you're going for, but I don't feel like it's... M- like maybe it's my job, I don't know, but I didn't feel like it was my job to be like, oh, hold on, bro, let me uh retune your amp for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, oh yeah, your mids are on zero. Hey, let me let me switch you to the neck pickup. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hold on, let me let's uh bring the bass back to like six. Let's bring the the treble back to like three, and let's put those mids like right around seven. Could you imagine if a sound guy could adjust everyone's amps and stuff like That's that? That's what I'm saying. Like. Sometimes it would be the worst, and sometimes it would probably help people more than they realize. I feel like I feel like it's one of those things where if you know the sound guy, so you know, um, if you know the sound guy, and they're like, "Hey, uh, yeah, this room's a little weird. Can you like bump up your mids a little?" I'll be like, "Okay, cool. Like, I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do like how much do you want?" I might but, get I might get my hands on one of those Boss Wireless. Oh yeah. Things. Uh, if I do, I. I think I'm totally going to go out into the audience at nice. church, like while we're practicing, not during a service and be like, okay, that's what it sounds like. Now I can make adjustments, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess once you're out front, it doesn't matter. I was going to say like, are you, do you, are you just unplug your in-ears or are your in-ears wireless? They're wireless. Oh man. Yeah. I'm, I'm living a life. Dang, Living a wireless jealous. life. Jealous. I can go anywhere with my in-ears. We, we tried to run. I go one. to the bathroom with them on, and they start to like lose signal and crackle out. One of our guys tried to use uh, wireless, but uh, wireless in-ears, but for some reason they weren't connecting to his controller. They were connecting to someone else's, and they uh-huh. couldn't figure out whose it was. So he had to like go back to wired. <sighs> Which I was also like, um, you're sitting like five feet away from your controller the entire time. What do you even need yeah, wireless yeah. for? Like you're not moving around at all. All right. So my worst live sound experiences. I feel like every time I've gone to the Casbah, it's the issue of like they're just trying to like prove how loud the system is. Oh, really? And because of that, you never actually get to hear much of what's going on. I've never been there. Really? No. Uh, I've seen a bunch of shows there. It's, it's a fun yeah. venue for the most part. You definitely have to bring uh, earplugs, and then you like it helps if you're familiar with the band. So it's like it doesn't matter if you right hear every note or not because it's like like I'm saying they're just they saturate those speakers because they're they're trying to prove something. Uh, the the like one of the few times where it's actually sounding good to me there was when Link Ray played. Mm-hmm. I got to see him just before he died, and he played there, and it was because no one's singing, right? So it's like they can just blast the guitar. And then there's just bass and drums, so like there's not much to the mix. But anytime there's been like a singer there or something like that, same for like Soma. 
like these punk rock yeah. vi- these punk rock venues that have like a sound system bigger than they know what to do with. I thought Soma like the main stage was all right. I've only been yeah, there well, a couple times. Yeah, the main stage is all right. I, I, it really depends on the bands, too. Yeah. I mean, like, both of us grew up in a time where just, like, hardcore was every show that you went to. Right. And it's like, there was so much bad sound in that scene. Yeah. Because everyone's just trying to be as loud as they can. And so all you're hearing is just China's going, <laughs> and then just True. guitar just as loud as it could possibly go. Uh, inversely, what's, uh, what's some good sound you've heard? Have, do you have any examples? Um, I can't think of any bad sound from like, right, like got, a, like a decent, like major show. I got one more bad sound. Okay. I'm, I'm still trying to think of some good sound. Um, uh, but my bad sound, my last bad sound is going to be, do you remember when we played that new year's party? Oh my God. High ceilings, tile floor. Oh, that was the worst. That was the worst room. And that was, well, it wasn't just the worst room. That was when we were very into our turn everything up to 11. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have, but it didn't help. We couldn't hear. Adam with his symbols up here. We couldn't hear anything to play with each other. Yeah, it that was, was like, brutal. It was like a venue that normally like they have like bar mitzvahs or, in or something like that or like weddings and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just like a fellowship hall. Yeah, but it's not like. Was not set up for live music. By at that time, all. I don't even think they were doing any live music in there. Like, I don't yeah. even think the youth group met in that room. It was anymore. rough. So I totally forgot about that thing. Yeah, bad times. Bad times. <laughs> um, good life sound. Um, I don't. I don't. I, the thing is, I don't go to enough shows, especially like lately. Hmm. Um, I know for us, like places that we've played, um, when we did the Sun God Festival, that was like a really cool live sound experience. Yeah. Um, from a playing perspective, just because like that was one of the few occasions, not, not, it was, it was this really weird occasion where it was one of the few occasions where I felt like I could hear everything really well, but also like, I was like so far away from everything. Yeah. I was like, how am I even hearing you? Like, wow, these monitor mixes are like perfectly like set up uh-huh. because you're on the other side of the stage and like, I can't actually hear your amp. You're so far away. <laughs> like it was kind of surreal. Yeah. Also you're outdoors. There's nothing yeah. for anything to bounce off of. Yeah. So it has to like lay on the, the monitors. Um, I'm trying to think of some other. Um, I was really surprised by how good the sound was at the, the outdoor venue they had at Sweetwater. Oh yeah. When I was there, like it sounded really, really good for being such a challenging environment. Maybe it's not a challenging environment. Maybe I I misjudge it. But I look at it like, okay, you've got basically a tent. Right. Surrounded by a tarmac, basically. It's like a great great big like like parking lot. And it sounds like you know, like recording level sound quality in here. I think it's one of those things where like once you have an idea of what you want to accomplish and you've done it a few times, you can really like dial sure. it. In. So if you're like used to those types of places and you're like, you're not just like, you know, an indoor sound man who's now put setting up all of this like temporary equipment outside, like it, you're going to know how to do it. Right. It, right. Because it just comes with its own sets of challenges yeah. and it's not, 
it's not like those can't be overcome, but you have to know what your limitations are and you have to understand like that your reinforcement is different because you're going to have no reverberation, mm-hmm. um, like room reverberation. Um, trying to think of like other, other things. Um, I remember when, uh, uh, my wife and I started dating, she had only gone to shows that were kind of like bigger, like professional productions. Right. And then I took her to like a couple, like more like bar mm-hmm. level shows with me. And she'd be like, why does it sound so bad? <laughs> be like that's just kind of like live sound at yeah. this level. Like you're not going to hear every word that the singer says. Yeah. And you're not going to like hear every delicate part of the instrument. It's kind of an endurance thing. And it really like depends on the structure of the band and like what kind of music they're doing yeah, and yeah. how well everything flows. Um, I actually always thought um, like fighting for Nineveh had like a really well-tuned live sound to where like, I always like, which is Sam Miller's mm-hmm. old band. I was getting geared up to name drop them. Um, Friend of the show, Sam Miller. Yeah. Um, so I always thought they had a really good live sound. I think it was just because like everyone really understood what they were doing. And like, they, I think they spent a lot of time like fine tuning to be like, okay, this is where we need this guitar to sit for it to pop. And it, you know, in these moments and you know, the bass and whatever, like, like doing that, um, venue wise, I've been only, I've like larger venues. I've only, I just haven't been to that many epicenter was always a crap shoot. It completely oh, yeah. was dependent on your sound, man. Uh-huh. Um, I w- didn't. Mm, for some like, reason, I just had this feeling of missing at Epicenter. Ugh. What an awful venue. Why did I feel that? I don't know. It's gone, gone. Now. Yeah, it had it's like a, gone for a I while. had like a wave of nostalgia wash over me. And again, like even Epicenter was like one of those venues where like you're saying like you're young. And for me, like the expectation was like. If I don't wear ear, like I learned really early on that I needed to wear earplugs to yeah. shows. And even with that, like, I'd um, say it's more dangerous to be a, a regular concert goer these days than it is to be a band member these days. Like, with yeah, because like a band knows how to manage their volume on stage and knows where the danger is and knows where to stay away from it. You're a young kid going to a concert. Laser beamed. Yeah. You're going to stand in front of the speaker because you think it's radical. Yeah, and I've like, done a few or you're, like or you're gonna get beamed by the uh, by the amp because you yeah. want to be in the front row. You've got you some, know, some, you're in the right spot. You got you're in the right spot for that kid with a yeah. who got his first tube amp as a hot rod deluxe. <laughs> I definitely like f- had ringing in my ears more from going to shows than playing yeah. shows. Um, I'm trying to remember what show it was. <sighs> I saw somebody, maybe it was Blindside. Um, which that was a really fun show. Yeah, yeah. Like metal, like metal core or whatever, hardcore show. I think it was. Um, but I think it was. It might have been that show where I realized how much I needed to wear, start wearing ear protection. Uh huh. Because I think if it wasn't that one, it was one similar to it where I went to the show like on a Saturday night and my ears didn't stop ringing until Tuesday. Oof. Yeah, that's real damage. And that was that episode. <laughs> yeah. I just I had a memory when I had that that little nostalgia wave there of I think going to see Dogwood play mm-hmm. and it wasn't about the band yeah I didn't really care about Dogwood but it was just like 
that place packed out and they had like those rafters. Yeah. Like were people in the rafters? Close to the stage. Like like you could, if you were on stage, you could like lean out and put your hand on one yeah. of the rafters and be like hanging out over the audience and stuff like that. And like yeah, kids were hanging from them and stuff. And they have signs of her, don't touch the rafters. Yeah. <laughs> and just like there's so many people in there are so hot. There's like this rivers of oh, condensation pouring the down walls. the windows and the walls and stuff like that. Like that kind of experience, like now that I'm old, I don't go to like crazy shows like that anymore. Where it's like obviously uncomfortable to be in there, but yeah. then just like the energy, like just that teenage, like angsty, like this self-destructive sort of thing. Like I don't experience that anymore. Yeah. This is like super, I guess kind of off topic, but like, do you feel like you suffer from like hearing loss? No. Yeah. I think, I think what, I notice sometimes is that if there is something very loud or a certain like bad frequency at a certain volume, then I'll be like, Ooh, like I need to get away from that. Where when I was, yeah. when I was younger, I would just be like, Ooh, that's loud. I, I and it's like, I, I feel like if I did go endure some sort of, you know, terribly loud concert and didn't protect myself, then I could be near the edge of actual mm. damage. I th yeah, I think um I think I I'm kind of on that same page where I have more of a sensitivity to loudness, but I also like kind of have more of like a tolerance to it. Mm. Cuz like I feel like I know my limitations. Sure. Um which is probably bad, but the other thing that I've noticed is that I actually think my ears are more sensitive than like most of the people that I know because like the other day are I was saying you're a superhero. I'm not a superhero. But like the other day at work, um, we were sitting around and all, one of our equipment alarms went off. Mm. And I'm sitting there and I'm going like, "Is anyone gonna get that?" And people are like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "The friggin' the friggin' alarm's going off." And they're like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "The alarm is going off. Like, really? Like, I'm the only one who can. I'm the only one hearing this." And they just like looked at me like I was nuts. Mm. I was like, "I gotta go turn this thing off." And like I opened the door, and as soon as I opened the door, like you could hear it. Yeah. And people, and when I came back, they're like, how did you hear that? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I should not be able to hear that. Like, I don't, like, it was even like one of those frequencies, because it's very high frequency, these alarms, because it, they're like made to like penetrate. Right. And I'm like, I shouldn't be able to hear this. Like, I, like, it's a frequency that I should have rolled off. But for yeah, some yeah. reason, like, I'm more sensitive to it. And we had another alarm that like, I'm sitting at my desk and it just goes, beep. Be like, it's a pulsing beep, beep, beep. I'm like, is anyone going to turn that off? Like, what's going on? And again, like, everyone's like, what are you talking about? I'm when, like, I'm like, the gas alarm outside is going off. We're out of gas. When I was a, a, a teenager, my family had all these CRT monitors for our computers. Oh, God. And one of them would get on this refresh rate where I could just hear this piercing, like, dog whistle whine the whole yeah. time it was on. And I would just be going crazy. Like, Can anyone else hear that? in the house like how is this not driving everyone nuts and they'd be like what are you talking about yeah. and so i had to go in and like figure out how to change the refresh rate on this monitor or it would like i could hear it like like outside the front door of the house right as i'm walking up like oh my gosh there it is i can't get away from this did sound. you ever have uh the like a wall wall wart that like would like just vibrate like the, would, that would like emit sound no, I don't like think it's so. not supposed to. Right, right. But it's just like there's it's like a yeah. cheap, cheap wall war. I had one. For I, be like a, I, I believe that they could do that. I had one for like a Nintendo or something when I was a kid, uh -huh. and every night I had to unplug it, and I would like I 
have my parents come in. I'm like, you guys hear that? They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that buzzing. Right. They're like, what are you talking about? Like every night I would. That's like that. It's like the sound that, you know, like malls play to keep teenagers yeah. away or something yeah. like that. It's a trip. Yeah. Uh, should right. we move on to the next uh, ad? Did I, I don't feel like I really did a best, but that's okay. Eh, who cares? We did it long enough. Um, Walnut baritone thing. This Walnut thing is ridiculous. This thing. is from Jesse Micah Emery. Yeah. You want to read the description of it? I can find it. You can find it. For sale is a very cool custom luthier designed and built walnut baritone electric guitar made in Los Angeles. This baritone features a weird Parker pickup. I was going to go into a song, but then I decided <laughs> not to. Uh, locking tuners features Parker pickup, locking tuners, and a Wilkinson tremolo bridge with a whammy bar included. It is in near mint condition, plays beautifully, and sounds great. The Parker pickup is super clean and full fidelity. It can also really crank if you want it to. This is a unique guitar, perfect for the studio player and or mid-century furniture enthusiast. I can see that angle. Uh, this is the part of the show where if you're listening to the podcast, go jump onto the link in the description so you can yeah. see this thing. It's uh, It looks like they salvaged some sort of tabletop and didn't trim it in any way. It's just a rectangle, but not in kind of like the fun rectangle way that like a... Uh, What's the guy? Um, Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley. Like a Bo Diddley. A, I was going to say. Um, box guitar. The dude from. I guess that's not a. That's not a, a box. The. The. Gretsch. Are you talking about. The Billy CC Gibbon? top guitar. The Billy, Billy, Gibbons? The Billy Gibbons. But that's not Gretsch. like a box. It's like no, a. It looks yeah. like a bunch of Cadillac fins. Stuck together. Uh. So, yeah, it's a, a big square thing. It looks like it's made out of a couple different pieces of wood yeah. with a layering. Or maybe it's just where the neck is connected. It's hard to tell. I think it's, I think the neck is, is the neck is set. So you see the, yeah. you see the striping from the neck. Right. Uh, on the top. And that's really the only breakup of the. I mean, this color. thing is like kind of like a confetti disaster where everything's just a little bit different and off. Yeah. From other parts. I could see like the mid century modern reference there. Like, I would enjoy a guitar made out of that piece of wood that most of the, the guitar body is made out of. Right. I like it's like a teak kind of look. Mm -hmm. But give it a little bit more of a character to it than just this square thing. And then the headstock is a total disaster. Yeah. It's like someone got close to like doing like a Telecaster thing, but they could only they only knew how to make straight cuts. That's really the whole theme of this guitar. Straight cuts. Someone only knows how to make straight cuts. Well, there's other issues with the heads, like the nut. Like, is it even slotted? I guess it's slotted, but it's off center. The nut is completely off center. Uh, it's just sliding out of its placement, which means that they didn't glue it down for whatever. I mean, reason. it might not be sliding. It could because you don't really ever have a a true. Straight on. Oh yeah, you do. Never mind. Yeah, no, it's off. No, it's totally off. That's I was thinking maybe it was like too small, so they like offset. No, you it can to one see the, in the other photo. You can see the other end of the nut. Yeah, sliding off the. Edge. Well, you can also see that um, the low E string. I mean, this is one is of those things. Where, like, the fretboard. Just because you built a guitar doesn't mean you can call yourself a, a luthier. The, or a luthier. the original price on this was. 
It is now nine hundred dollars. I mean, this is the shipping. sort of thing you see at the the county fair from the local like community college that has a woodworking program, and they every year they put their guitars. Yeah, up, and that's know? like the kid who's in first year woodworking builds this guitar. Exactly, it's like such a funky thing. And then they do like this paisley pit guard material for the back control cavity. I like that. I do like that, but I feel like that needed to be carried over somewhere else. Right. And the rest of the guitar needed to look good, too, for it to matter. Right. <laughs> I I look at this, and I love funky stuff, and it's just the wrong kind of funky for me. Do I keep moving, or does my microphone just Your mic falling? keeps dropping. Just crank it down. There you go. All right. There we go. Um, do you think this is salvageable at no, all? No. I, not, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, like maybe a hundred dollars. I mean, there's some components in here. This it's a parts bucket. Yeah, like the bridge, the pickup, the tuners are all, uh, you know, like quality components. Yeah. That, but what that, are you really looking that at? Piece there? of uh, that piece of paisley pit guard. You're never going to use that for anything. Look how close the knobs are together. There's so much open space. Oh, are those Gibson knobs? Yeah, those are you know good good Gibson knobs. There, real value. Good call. Uh, there's so much open space on this guitar, and there's no balance to anything. No, like my, with the way my eye is catching it, like at least they should have put the amount of spacing between the two knobs that there is between the two edges of the bridge and the pickup ring. Right, like to have something like connect in some way yeah but nothing connects at all visually like look did you see the 12th dot the 12th fret markers no i, I they're off center from each other like for a thing that's all right angles and all straight cuts to do something intentionally off center like what are you what are you doing clearly this guitar has no clearly like, this luthier was a little off center this guitar has no central concept behind it. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're listening and you're the person who made this. Well, you know, but if you're I'm listening and you sorry. think you can defend it, it and that we're not seeing whatever you saw, like maybe it's presumptuous. Hit us to, up to but. think that anyone who built anything would ever hear us talk about it on the show, but that's rough. Yeah. And the price is out of control. I'm, I believe that this person put the amount of time that you could charge $2,200 sure. for this end of this guitar, but the product they came out with, like it's this value is only in the components that you can salvage. Yeah, that's it. why I don't change my own oil, Ryan. Because I'm going to, if I had to pay myself to change my own oil, I'd have to charge myself like $300 in labor. Damn, dude. Yeah. Because it would take you like four days? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the tools. I don't have the ability. I do. I used to change my own oil. I used to change my like, own oil too. It's like I super don't want to crawl underneath a car and like fiddle around with an oil plug anymore. Yeah. So it's like I just you know, but it's that kind of thing. Like yeah, I'm sure you put in the time and the effort, but it doesn't mean that if they your final come, product is good. If they ever come up with a thing where like you pull open a little paddle, a, a panel inside your car, mm -hmm. and you turn a key, and then it opens up an oil drain for you. And you can just slide a thing to catch it underneath right. your car. Then I'll start changing my oil again. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, pop that. And then the little thing comes out and like your, all your oil. Some of the vehicles. And you could use that if you're being chased on the road. You could use that to lay down like an oil slick. 
<laughs> slide out the guy behind you. Some of the some of the uh, spy tech. Some of the car designs I've seen over the well, actually, my dad's car was even like pretty was like a early two thousands had like the battery in the wheel well. Like you couldn't like oh, God. I think in order to change the battery out, you had to like take off the front like the passenger tire. What? <laughs> it was ridiculous. That's the worst thing I've so ever it's heard. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, you want them to make it easier for you to change your oil? They're if anything, they're gonna yeah. it's they've been making I mean, it harder. If you're doing stuff with your battery, you're probably in an emergency situation. Like right? way way to make an emergency like three times as worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even like the battery on my Mazda, like I, that thing was, is on the top of, you know, on the top of everything, but it's so deep, uh, in the compartment that it's like really hard to get out. Mm. Like I kind of like bruised my hands, like trying to pull it up, but I suppose that's neither here nor there. You want to do housekeeping? Let's do some housekeeping. Uh, I want to thank Doug Bishop for joining us at the inner circle level. We now have three Dougs in the inner circle. We got triple Dugs. Um, Doug, Doug, Doug. And we also added Ian Ferguson, who uh, we, I think, mentioned a few weeks ago because he was pledging at the $9 level. He upped it. And now he's pledging at the $10 level. Yeah, you know, he, he he was waiting in to see if the, how the water felt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, I'm way, way behind on shipping things. And I still need to get that clue to the guy who joined at the $25 oh, yeah. level. What was that guy's name? Rob Nordvik. Rob I think Nordvik. We talked about that, right? We Sorry, did. Rob. Hopefully, I've week. gotten it. I've like called you or messaged you before this episode airs because I feel you're going to do that before Monday. Hopefully, All right. it's been weighing over me like a dark cloud. Like ah, you haven't sent that clue. I need to figure out a riddle for it too. <laughs> I might just like try to call you or something like that, or like Facetime you on Facebook. I don't know. I'll figure something out. Personal. Do something personal from I'll the do heart. Something personal. I mean, he's heart. pledging at twenty five dollars. I owe it yeah. to him. Anyway, uh, thanks everyone who pledges to the yeah. show. It super helps us make uh, great content um, and sends Ryan to lots of places. And sometimes I go too. I think you should go next year. I always, you know, if I if I would have thought it out, like I've just with with the stuff with my family that's been going on, it's been kind of tricky. Uh huh. We should have split the summer trips. You go to Gearfest, I go to Summer Nam. Mm. Like we should have done it like that. Like we don't have to be. At, at one the same place, place at the same yeah, time, we spread can it do, out. Especially like when the coverage is pretty minimal. Well, I don't think either of us should ever be on the same plane together because what if it crashes? Oh my gosh! <laughs> we don't want it's the true. world to, to lose next both year, of us. Next year for Winter Nam, we're going to take separate cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully confident in our abilities to kill ourselves at the same time. I'm, on go, the road. I'm, I'm going to. Uh, and, well, see, that's the problem is we would take separate cars and then we hit each other. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So instead, I'm going to take the train, and you're going to have to pick me up. No, I'm saying I'll just Uber. You know, why don't we just Uber from San Diego to Los Angeles? Yeah, the inner circle can pay for it. <laughs> it's like Uber for planes. I was going to ask you, speaking of, of events, though, um, do you have any interest, or do you know anything about the LA Amp show? I've never been, and it's so close. Maybe it's we should It's in Van Nuys. It. It's at the end of September, I believe. I might be able to do it. So I don't, you know. Oh, that's going to be probably pretty close. I've got a kid in October. Mm. It might be pretty close. We'll see. shouldn't leave. We'll see. If you want to go, Steve, I can't stop you. True. Yeah. But I'm thinking, like, depending on what's going on with me next year, maybe, yeah, you go, you you might go to an event without me. Yeah. Who knows? We'll have to figure something out. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I think, I didn't, literally, I did not think of 
doing Summer Nam by myself until I think you were already back from Gear Fest. And by that point, I was like, there's no way I'm going to book a freaking oh, yeah. plane and a hotel. You like, could have crashed with someone out there. Yeah, but like. But still like planning the stuff. Plane, like yeah. getting the plane that late was going to like quadruple the cost <laughs> of a typical flight. So anyway, we get to do stuff like that. We get to build this room. Oh, man. Um, one I, the- I bought I bought 17 string swings. Yeah. And one of the things that I realized costs money, guys. is is a perk that like we probably need to like milk more um is um you know we we get pedals that we're interested in we get pedals that uh people want us to to work on to promote uh-huh. but like we we should also occasionally like let the people who support the show pick out the content like Pick something first. Yeah, buy. say hey, I, this is a cool pedal that came out ten years well, I'd ago. Say that's- people, people who are in the inner circle, definitely have our ear. If there's something that they really yeah. want us to cover, yeah. and there's budget for it, I we have their ear, and yeah. it, they they're insistent. Then it's definitely something that could happen. So things like that, yeah, and that's all gonna get like that. You know, that's kind of the kind of content that we can only do through the support of the show. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Enough about us. Let's talk about us. Uh, next topic. Flip disaster. Flip disasters. Sent by Justin Zvek. Yes. Sounds like it was close enough. Uh, so when we did, talked about this in the pre-ep, you were saying like, oh, I already talked about uh, losing money on the KTR or yeah, whatever. Or I, not losing money. I or didn't just, lose. I, I just, you just didn't make if the I, money you wanted I'm, to make. I mean, I may have lost, but it was pretty minimal if it was. I'm pretty sure I lost money on my AC-15. Um, I think I paid... Oh, you know what? Worst flips you made was Ryan Kick. Unless it was suggested by multiple people. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. Okay. Justin's fact did say flip disasters times you thought you had money in the bag, but you ended up selling at a loss. Right. That's the one that... Ryan Kick also said worst flips you've made, though. Oh, okay. So, so, it's, a, so uh, it's a double topic. Yeah, double up. Um, I think I lost money on that Vox because I think I paid like 475 but it came with that homemade speaker cap mm-hmm. that had a Celestian Blue in it. Right. For the life of me, I cannot sell that Celestian Blue. It's in the cab directly behind you right now with the orange on top of it. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a 8 ohm. Right. Instead of a 16. Everyone wants 16. Everyone wants 16. I cannot sell it at all. So my original thought was like, oh, I'm going to be making money because I could sell. Even if I only yeah. sell the AC-15 for 300 it's like I got a 200 dollar speaker for under 200 bucks. Yeah. But I can't sell it. And no one wants that speaker cab either because it's super homemade. That blue one? Yeah. Ne- I never got a single hit on that thing. One? No, it's upstairs. Okay. Um, that's just a table uh, or like a weird piece of furniture. I don't know what to call that thing. Um, but technically, I think I lost money on that because I think I did sell the AC-15 for 300 And if I can't sell that speaker for 175 and no one wants that cab. Yeah. Then yeah, I lost my. I can't I th- believe you couldn't. Didn't you try to give that cab away at one point? Like, yeah, I tried to give it, it to Co. Like, like, who wants a pizza or something? Like, bring me a pizza or bring me a six yeah, pack or something. I did. I th- I said bring me a pizza and a like a bottle of brown something. Right. Like some kind of brown liquid. And you're like pizza doesn't matter. Like hot five dollar hot and ready's fine. Yeah, yeah. 
no one showed up. So, I mean, it's a cab. Speaking, speaking it of brown holds, liquor, like, it holds speakers. Um, Bushmills Red, like you should try that sometime. Bushmills Red? It's a it's a pretty smooth Irish I'll check it blend. out. Remind me later. I'll uh I'll go get some, I guess. Yeah. But I don't, uh or don't, whatever. It's your life. I mean, maybe I'm technically breaking even on it cuz I do can use that speaker and I have been using it. Yeah. And it's like I didn't lose money, but I definitely didn't have the flip that I thought I was going to have cuz I thought I was going to be able to sell that amp for 350 and mm. then sell the speaker for uh 200 so i'd be making 75 bucks right and then i would have still have a speaker cab left over and it just didn't happen my and it took me forever to sell that amp like forever yeah that's weird yeah it listed for like seven oh, months it did sell i keep telling i keep telling rj that he should hit you up because oh, it, yeah so you can buy it a, a dude drove down from long beach to get it so it's like sense. crazy no one no one hit me up in san diego for it and then dude yeah. drives two hours to come get it Ridiculous. Awful. Don't buy AC 15s, guys, unless you get a really smoking deal. Apparently, no one wants them. Um, I think the closest thing I have to like flip disasters really is that um, I am have been really slow at flipping gear. So I've still got that strat. It's on your shelf more than 90 days, man. You're losing, You're losing money. money. I know. I've still got that strat. Uh, we did the. Like we did everything we want to do with it. I know you said there was an issue with the volume. I do want to fix that before yeah, yeah. I try to put it, like, pass it off to Guitar Center. But that's one where, like, you should get a gun street harness for it. Oh my gosh. And no. then flip it. <laughs> Cause that's um, not sketchy at all. Um, and then, um, the other thing that I keep, I actually forgot that I had, uh, until I was telling someone about, about it the other day. Was um, the Zvex Fuzz Factory? <laughs> oh, you still have that? Yeah. What? Because I wanted to. Because you so, had that for like seven months now. Or so six the thing is, is I got that, and then we made the video, and then Maybe I we waited. Then, for then I held on to it because I wanted to wait until that thing actually happened. But that thing happened like April second, or like April first, or You've whatever. You've had that pedal like a year now, right? We I, I think we shot I that last so. summer. Close. To, if it's not a full year, it's definitely close to it. You got to sell that fuzz factory. Uh, and it's just been like, I put it in a box and forgot about it. I mean, I can't really complain. I can't really dog on you. I've got a ton of stuff around here that I should be selling. But but that's a pedal that like, because it's one of the Zvex hand painted, like I could, I think I pay, I paid one thirty for it and I could probably put it up on reverb at like two sixty, two seventy five, and like sell it even probably without a counter. Like I think I'll probably list it at like two ninety or three hundred. Mm-hmm. They're three twenty new. Yeah, but they seem to have like a pretty good people want them. Pretty good um, uh, sale. There are there is like a decent number of them, so I'm gonna have to take some like yeah, yeah. better pictures. But um, I mean, maybe what you should you basically have like stuff. any offer above two thirty, I should probably just take. You have all that stuff you want to get. Maybe you should see how much other stuff you can sell in the next two weeks. And then, like, like maybe the stuff you want to buy will change. Like, hey, maybe now I'm not going to buy a power supply. Maybe now I'm going to buy a Helix <laughs> or something like that. Or maybe now you're going to buy, you know, like a Cower Base or something. Oh, yeah. Hmm. You did want to buy the Cower Base like, I did. a while back. I did, but I would need a lot more money for but that. But that's what I'm saying. See what you can sell. Hmm. I... I, need I, don't to sell I, stuff too. I don't think I have that much stuff to sell. If we have I a, just have that guitar. What if we have a selling competition? I really only, so you can sell the most. I really only have that guitar and money's the fuzz, worth of stuff. I think. 
past oh. that, I don't, I don't think. Well, I'm... you got stuff here that you could sell. Yeah, but then I have to split it. <laughs> That's <you>. true. <laughs> Gee, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything here I could bear to part with. It is tough. It is tough to like, I'll say this. When, it, when you do demo stuff, like when a builder sends you something, you'd think that I would just be like, oh, I could just flip this and get money. Yeah. But like, I kind of like develop a relationship with the builders and I'm always yeah. like, oh, this person sent this to me. It's like a is gift. It, is there any rhyme or reason to any of no. the way? Because I will say like, you do have a complete chase bliss section I know. Right here. Um, but yeah, I think past that, like that is the only thing that yeah, looks. I need to get semi coordinated. I have a couple of the, the couple of those chase bliss pedals. I want to put them on my board before Sunday. I uh, I swapped some stuff out on my board to try a few new things, and uh, I definitely want to get them back on there. The uh, the Condor and the Therme are a lot of fun on my uh, Sunday board. Mm. So want to get those on there. Um, yeah, everything else is just kind of random order. Uh, so do you have any other flip disasters to cover? Is that it? I don't know. That's, I think that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got too. Um, let's take a minute to thank our sponsor, Gun Street Wiring Shop. Hey guys, thanks for sponsoring the show. Uh, sign us You make great stuff. Pro, pro audio couture. They make cables. Uh, and smiles and, uh, solderless patch kits. And that are great. That are great. And last but not least, solid gold effects, makers of the Zeta Deluxe. There it and is. And a few other pedals that we've got around yeah, here. Yeah, and I've got... Oh, I dropped it. Wow, I'm going to be doing... Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's supposed to be a secret because it's not exactly like they're launching this pedal. It's been out for a while, but I'm going to be doing the Apollo 2 oh, cool. up next, which is a crazy like phase-building mm. machine that I'm looking forward to messing around with. And then after that, I've also got the Funkzilla, which I'm excited about. Because the Funkzilla does envelope filters. Is that one I that's already like, out? Is that one already out? I like to mess with the Funkzilla. Uh, to talk about that? Uh, no, I don't have any of that recorded yet. So. No, I'm saying, is that a. That's a. But that pedal exists. Like, that it's pedal not exists. A new release, yeah, okay. yeah. It's not a new release. All right. This last ad was sent by Emily Harris. Uh, it says, Dude, bro, you are driving on the interstate. Stop it. <laughs> it's a guy selling a Boss Hyper Fuzz pedal for $120 in Seattle, Washington. Um, then I guess that's it. He's in his car. Yeah. They, go look at the photo and the link. If you're not watching the video, the dude is taking a picture of the, of the pedal, like in front of his steering wheel and you're looking into traffic and it doesn't look like it's fast traffic. No, it looks like it's backed up, but it's not super backed up. Like this person could still be rolling like 35 miles an hour. It's backed up enough. You think it's backed up enough to start making Craigslist listings or Facebook marketplace listings like while you're driving is never that backed up unless you're stopped, stopped. It's never that backed up. Maybe they are stopped, stopped. And this guy's just taking so much time taking his photo. No, that, like, there's def- a line of people behind him moving. They're definitely moving. Okay. He's not going slow enough for that, but maybe he just took the picture. Do you think he actually listed while he was driving? Yes, I do. I think he put the caption on this and listed it onto Facebook. Maybe he took the picture and then he was just doing talk to text to get the caption on. This there. guy is in between Craigslist meetups. He he bought this for a really good price. He's listing it and hoping that like he'll get a sale before he reaches his destination, <laughs> so he can just drive to the keep, sale. Keep on going, right <laughs> on into the sunset. You think one twenty is a fair price? I don't know anything about these. Neither do I. FZ2, you think I would know? I think that's the one that. Oh, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna guess. Yeah, FZ2, let's look it up. Is that the one people like? Never remember. 
Floods gain boost. I thought, um, no, I think it's the FZ1 that people like. FZ2. FZ. The FZ5 is the one that has all the extra options on it. Right. Ah, uh, there's one for 105 with free shipping. So 120 is definitely too high. There's one for 99 with free two-day shipping. Hot dog. So yeah, this is too expensive, dude. And you're going to crash and die. <laughs> and die. And then you're going to be dead. Oh, this one does have the different... It's the Cosm one that has switching between... The FC2? Yeah. Oh, oh no, this is the FC5. What am I looking at here? Why did it give me that? I don't know. Reverb, you crazy. Oh, both of these are FC5s. Do you even know what you're doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Let's go to eBay. Reverb didn't have any FC2s. They must nope. be one of the older ones. They're all out. So maybe that's like a vintage. Yeah, maybe it is worth 120 So vintage. Here's one for 200 Wow. Okay, this just turned around. This is a good deal. Meet this guy up on the side <laughs> of the freeway. What, what if that's what happened? He's like, hey, man, it looks like uh, you're uh, about four miles in front of me right now. <laughs> Anyone else on the freeway? I'll just pull Jesus, over. Jesus, one on eBay for $1,000. What? What? What, what is world? going on here? Here's one for 422 shipping from Japan. Right, let's look at sold. Oh, no, that's that is the FC2. FC2? Actually, so the FC2 has the four knob thing with the the stack knob on one of them. Yeah, I think the Japanese version of this is the one that people actually want. And so 120 is actually a very reasonable price, I think. Uh, the lowest I've seen so far is 145 plus shipping. And there's a bunch in like the 180 to 200 range. Crap, I didn't know anything about this pedal a minute ago. Now I want one. Why do I want an FC2? Someone Ooh. tell me why I want this pedal. You really don't. Like deep down, you you don't. You don't need it. Wanna, don't do it, Ryan. I want to know what that stacked knob does. Stay away the from the light. The one that's two hundred is made from in in uh, Taiwan, as the sticker said, oh. but it says from Japan. Oops. So the the stacked knob is a treble bass mm. tone stack. So that's pretty nice to have a, a bass and a treble and a fuzz. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's got fuzz, fuzz two, and then gain boost. There's there's three different modes on it. Interesting. I'll have to look up some demos on this pedal. So maybe 120 bucks is a really good deal, and someone should pick this guy up on the side of the road and buy it. I don't yep. know. All right, you want to tell us about the song? We'll yeah, get this out of here. song was sent by Maddie Tyak. He says, I'm sending you this song that I worked on for a buddy of mine to play at the end of the show. The artist's name is David Burnett, and he says, I chose the song Vinegar because that's the most going on in terms of electric guitar. Gear-wise, David plays Atkin OM Acoustic, and I mostly played my Fender California Series Telecaster through an MXR Dynacop into a Vox AC-15. For the solo, I used a Squire J. Mascus Jazzmaster through a Big Muff into a Marshall Class 5. I recorded and mixed the whole thing in Aria on my iPad. Hope you like it. Please check out the rest of the EP on Bandcamp at the link below. So if you guys like this, uh, we will have the link to the EP below. This is called Vinegar by David Burnett. Bye, everybody. See ya. We once had a love like a sweet summer wine And we drank till we felt we would burst But our throats are not dry And despite all we tried This old vinegar won't quench our thirst 
Vinegar behind and walk away. 